Star Wars Escape Pod and our after show series going over Mandalorian Season 3. We're uh, two episodes away from the end now with uh, Episode 6 here. And uh, it's been a crazy weekend because uh, if you haven't tuned into the podcast recently, you'll notice that there's four missed episodes for each day of Star Wars Celebration. And uh, if you want to catch up on all things Star Wars Celebration, you can catch those recaps, of course. All in under 15 minutes each, giving you Star Wars news and headlines in under 15 minutes in the form of a Lightspeed episode. And with us in the Escape Pod today, we have our co-hosts, Blake and Bryce, to chat about The Mandalorian. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back, boys. Evening. Uh, did you guys catch mo- any of Star Wars Celebration, or was it just mostly uh, mostly the recap in the Discord server? doing such a good job condensing eight hour streams down to 20 point documents <laughs> four sentences 15 oh, yeah. minute recordings <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah yeah if anyone's not joined the discord make sure you get in there you can catch those recaps yeah today i watched some some of the uh interviews with uh with hayden i watched the one with uh ewan um and then also uh Filoni and favreau when they had him them on stage that was, was pretty cool. good yeah. teared up. It was very, very emotional. Yeah, man, it's emotional. I gotta say, I'm just taking this all in. I get emotional. I'm looking at all your faces and and all the things you do to make this all possible. And and just know that I see you guys and and the variety of people that we have as Star Wars fans is a part of what makes it so beautiful that you that you come in costumes or just a t-shirt. I I love how much you put into it. It means so much to me. If I wasn't sitting here, I would, I, I swear to God, and people say it, and I think I would be out there. I've been out there. I appreciate the effort you make just to be here with us. And just let me say that. I said, man, I said, man if, I, if I wasn't up here, I would be down there with you. I yeah. would be the one, you know, sitting down there and cheering and waving. Yeah. Yeah. So no. it, it, I don't, that kind of stuff means a lot. And then he also had a moment in the Clone Wars panel where he was the exact same. He, he, he looked over at his, like, because this weekend they celebrated the 15th anniversary for, for the Clone Wars. Wow. Which is <laughs> fe- feeling old yet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he looks over at them and because he's in this position now where he's, like, going to be directing a film and 
he's he's doing the Ahsoka series, like the showrunner for that. He's directed so many other things now at this point that, and he kind of owes it to George and the Clone Wars, and like he knows it, right? And he knows like how much the foundation of his current career has like been built on that stuff. So he kind of looked over at the Clone Wars cast and he's like, I was working on a show called The Last Airbender. Oh, they've heard of it. Also very popular and uh, over at Nickelodeon. And I got a call uh, from a producer from Lucasfilm named Catherine Winder. And she said, uh, we're making a Clone Wars animated series to which I said, right, didn't you already do that? <laughs> and she says, yeah, but we're making it now and we're making computer animation. To which I said, yeah, I don't do that. Because everything I did at the time was hand drawn, uh, still on paper, no computers yet. And uh, for whatever reason, she stuck with me on the call and didn't hang up, which she would have been fair. And uh, she said that they were, George wanted to make this animated series and George recommended me. And I found that also very hard to believe. Um, cause I had, didn't think I'd done anything that he certainly would have seen. Um, and she said, well, would you like to have lunch and we could discuss it? And I said, sure, Catherine, I'd love to have lunch and discuss making Star Wars with you. And then yes. I feel like a real kind of fool. And I'm like, the guys from SpongeBob are right next door, Vince and everyone. And I know that I've been talking about Revenge of the Sith a lot. They know I'm very excited about this and that Giancarlo and I had our lightsabers at work and they're making fun of me, and this is a prank call. And so before Catherine hangs up, I said, look, I gotta ask you, who is this really? <laughs> and she says, what do you mean? I said, I know this is a joke, there is no such show, and, and this is, you're just trying to you know, exploit my, my love of this thing. And she says, are you Dave Filoni? I said, well, yeah. She says, do you work on The Last Airman? I said, yeah. And she says, well, you're the guy. And I said, something in her voice told me, Oh, wait, this is serious. <laughs> and the next two sentences were terrible. I said, you have no idea how much the guy I am. I'm making a Plo Koon costume in my garage. I really said this to her. And she told me later that she wanted to cancel the lunch at that point, but she didn't. There's Catherine. And, uh, I mean, the rest is, uh, you know what it is. I, I met her, we got along, I met Gail Curry, uh, who's standing in the, in the photo right next to Rob Coleman. And uh, then I had to interview with George Lucas to get the job, and that was a pretty quick thing. And I thought the whole time they would come to their senses and realize that uh, I was completely underqualified for this job. And uh, I met George, met him, he was super nice, explained what Jedi were to me. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And uh, then he said, thank you very much. And I said, thank you very much. And I thought that was it. And I have a great story for In Lion at the movies because I met George Lucas. And then they popped their head in the door and said, he likes you, you got the job. And then my first thought was, wow, they don't have any idea what they're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> because I wouldn't hire me for this job. But it seems to have worked out because George wanted to tell the story of the Clone Wars way more in depth than it had been done. And he wanted to be involved with the scripts and the process. And uh, that's where it kind of all began right there, uh, working with him and learning the craft of uh, making a Star Wars. <laughs> and I, so I got the job on uh, Clone Wars and I did finish the costume and I wore it to San Diego Comic-Con with another director of Clone Wars who later came on, Giancarlo Volpe, who I had made him a Kit Fisto costume. And, 
somewhere out there are people that actually have photos standing with me and Giancarlo as Kit Fisto and Plo Koon. In fact, I met one of them, a friend of mine, John Schlosser, who's in 501st, and he found a picture of him with me in costume before he knew who I was. And, and oddly, this is a strange story. I was at the Comic-Con as Plo Koon talking to Ayla Sakura, because of course, and she is talking to me and says, you know, I hear they're making a new Clone Wars uh, series. I hope the people know what they're doing, who are doing it. And I said, yeah, well, I think they're going to do their best. You know? <laughs> He had no idea. You did do your best. Locum was being supportive, Jedi Master. You know. that's, that's what he does. That's what he does. He does. He's all right. George really insisted that I, a lot of times there's a voice director. It's different than the director of the animation, but George insisted that I be the person directing the actors. He wanted me to learn that skill. George insisted that the thing was done ensemble, so I would learn to deal with multiple people at one time. And you can see, it is something to deal with these multiple people at one time. And it's like throwing super balls in a room with a bunch of cats. But you learn certain skills, but definitely from, you know, Ian, you know, he, he was, like you said, so veteran. I think he really took my interest in directing and, and fostered it and was teaching me better ways to communicate with actors, which is, a, which is a key skill. And every actor needs kind of a different method of input. But in all honesty, on Clone Wars, it's very spoiled because you guys are all so talented. I learned so much from getting to direct you. I felt I only needed to guide you uh, through the galaxy and you would all heroically get there. And uh, just to be clear, I mean, for everybody up here, it's hard for me because I fully recognize everything I'm doing now at Lucasfilm and Star Wars. It's based on the bedrock of so many people, and these are just some of them. And I, I, I so appreciate all of you and your skills and talents. And uh, I take you with me on every project I'm ever on. It, it, you're so meaningful to me. And I'm so grateful uh, for your hard work and what you've given to Star Wars and myself. So thank you guys so much. <laughs> We wouldn't be here without Dave Filoni. We wouldn't have Lucasfilm Animation without Dave Filoni. So we thank you for everything. You're going to get me all emo now, and I'm going to not get emo, but <laughs> thank you for everything. Yes. There, there were so many people that kind of went out onto that, that celebration stage where they can just kind of take in all the fandom, just like the roaring of the people. and. Uh, they all get so just blown away by how much like love and appreciation is just delivered to like each and every one of those people that comes out on. It's definitely interesting to see how each of them approach it. Cause yeah. you get some like, um, Oh man, uh, like Gus, uh, who plays Moff Gideon. Yeah. He comes up on stage and he's like, he's like swinging an imaginary lightsaber yeah. and he's kind of going crazy. Gets yeah, yeah. Right? But, but then when like Hayden goes on, he's much more, I feel like much more reserved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I feel like he's been hurt before right? yeah, like, yeah. Like, but he's also very emotional and very thankful our next guest finally made his way back to star wars after a nearly 20 year hiatus and boy howdy were we glad to see him return he may be burnt to a crisp underneath his costume But to us, 
he'll always be the sand-hating, moody teen from Tatooine. Straight from a poster in my locker in high school to this stage right now, this is where the fun begins! Give it up for Hayden Christensen! sure know how to make a guy feel good. That was, <laughs> that was very nice, thank you. We do. I love you guys too. Hi Hayden Christensen. You're making me emotional. <laughs> Deserve. Celebration is such an emotion. Like even like, I, I never think I'm gonna get emotional, and then as I'm watching it, and y when we were there too, it's so easy to get like caught up in the oh yeah in the energy and oh yeah yeah um, yeah it's unbelievable. Like you just you just like I think Star Wars Celebration just kind of unlocks that little like inner part of you that that knows you love Star Wars, and then it just takes it to like a whole nother level. Yeah. You're just like, no, I really love Star Wars. Like, <laughs> you just feel the the aura of all the other fans around you. Gosh, did you have a favorite part? I, uh, like a favorite uh, panel? or favorite. I did love the Clone Wars panel quite a bit. You know, them just kind of reminiscing over uh, over the, the 15 years. And uh, they, they did confirm Tales of the Jedi Season 2 is going to be a thing. So, right. you know, we're getting that's Dave cool. doing some more tales. So that, that's, that's pretty cool. Pick one character for it to be about. What would it be? Oh, geez. Because hmm. we really focused on Captain Duke, who it felt like in the last one. Yeah. Here's here. I, I have an idea. I want to do, like, kind of, um, maybe maybe like an episode or two about Django Fett. And That'd like be him, neat. And him kind of raising. That people. would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Or like, like, like a canon version of him meeting Tyrannus and yeah, yeah. getting recruited to be the I head clone. See, yeah. I want to see something to do with Django and more of, like, his Mandalorian past. Yeah. Rather than his like bounty hunter, that would be cool. Connections, yeah. Well, they all claim that he's not Mandalorian. The right, but at some point, because maybe at some point he had to, he like left, you know, mm -hmm. like cut his ties. Well, I was gifted right? the armor. Or something. Oh yeah, that's it. Maybe I'm wrong. That's it. Was he was. never Mandalorian? He, I don't think so. Well, in in so in the EU, 
he's had Mandalorian roots, right? For sure, because yeah. I remember and the comics and stuff. He was yeah, like, he was and so in the canon, they kind of paid tribute to that and established it. So even though he's not really Mandalorian as a bounty hunter in Attack of the Clones, the armor is still his because when Boba mm -hmm. puts up his chain code and shows Din Djarin, you know, this is why this is my armor, the chain code has the names of, of all those legacy characters. Mm -hmm. And I think one of them okay. was... Yeah. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? The Django's like, oh, yeah, ja Jess, Jess, Jaster or something, yeah, Jaster, Jaster yeah. Real or something like that, yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. we almost Close. got it, yeah, yeah, Maria or something, yeah, so he, I think his Don't name is like in there, yes. yeah, <laughs> it's really cool that those I really like those comics because it was about like the true Mandalorians, you know, fighting the Death Watch. And it was like, yeah. yeah. And then, and then the, the Jedi, Watch. and then the Jedi come in and they get involved and that's why yeah. they hate the Jedi, right? Like, yeah. So I think, I think a tale about that could be interesting. That would be cool. Uh, I could totally see it. So like, I, I don't really like the idea that they overwrote the Ahsoka novel with a Tales of the Jedi short that kind of changed some bits and pieces of that. Oh, I didn't I'm not that. a huge fan of that, but I did like the short. Um, I wish the duel was longer. Uh, but it's so short. It's so short. Yeah. And the, you don't see the purifying of the crystals like you do in the book. Cause like that inquisitor that she kills is the one that she makes her white lightsabers from. So like that's the book I find, I think is more of like a staple piece of the canon than the short is, but, um, it would be nice to get some story for Ventress because like we've had little glimpses of her as a Padawan, like under that yeah. Jedi. Mm -hmm. And then like it, it, that was it. And then, and then the whole dark disciple novel happened, which adapted eight episodes that we never saw of clone wars. And that was her whole death story. And, you know, really just kind of getting some sort of like legacy story and tales for like her origins. And then maybe something from that book that's adapted, but maybe better, better adaption, like closer adaption would be really cool i think that could be a yeah. good story yeah. as well i guess i just clued in it was called tales of the jedi and my my suggestion was jango no but i like that though yeah. because like it does actually play into like the whole dooku story too right so yeah. like it could be a dooku jango story right. and that would be fine if they made a separate series just like because because i really like there was these old books called like you know Tales from the Cantina, yeah, like bounty hunter tales, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and it would just do a kind of, um, like kind of like a close up look at all the characters in the Mos Eisley Cantina. It'd be like, hey, remember that wolf guy you saw in like one shot? Here's yeah. his right. like entire life story. Yeah, and it was like, story like, of butt face. Yeah, it's like really cool to see, you know, because there's just so much to tell about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Blake, what about you? Which is, well, then okay, we got Django, Ventress, what would your... I was, we were talking about prequels, so I started making me think, like, who would I want to figure out? And I think finally get a, uh, a canonized idea of what's going on maybe with Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. But he's not a, technically a Jedi either. No, it's okay. Like it's a, a, a young Sheev right. growing up at home, twisted Sheev. like demon child or something. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty like crazy, that, They right? did that story in Plagueis in the novel, and that mm -hmm. novel is still one of the best books that would, ever. That would be yeah. one of the reasons why I maybe wouldn't want them to do it, because I'd want them to do something. They'd have to do something else. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah I want it, I'd want it to be done then of a higher caliber. Yeah. If we could, it'd get closer to the novel. But yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, like that's being fair. Being bullied on the playground, <laughs> yeah, you know, like do something evil. Goes home and torturing cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, no Star Wars Celebration weekend though. It was it was a good weekend. So yeah, p- favorite panel was the Clone Wars. I love the Tales of Jedi reveal. But uh, did you guys like any particular panel? Any piece of news? Of course. I mean, at the announcement of the three films at the showcase that panel. Was, that was the most surprising for me. Mm-hmm. I promise yeah. you, it would be that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm always excited for visions. I like it when they explore new things that aren't really connected to anything. You know, you, then, you 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 watched the visions panel. I watched. It, I didn't see the panel. I just okay. watched the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the panel was good. Uh, they had uh, they had a uh, a person from each of the studios there, right? Uh, in groups of three, and they each talked about the short that they're doing for volume two, and um, it's it's cool. There was like there was a lot of the trailer looks amazing. I'm gonna look like, at the studios right now, actually. Yeah, it's a worldwide instead of just Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worldwide. There's a studio from India. There's one from California. Um, there's one, I think the one that did Wallace and Gromit is like, yeah, I definitely oh, noticed doing, that. Like claymation. Is this yeah. going to be like stop motion? Yeah. It's like stop motion claymation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be bizarre. Two, I think two or three is stop it, motion. Is it really in the whole volume? In the thing. Yeah. Okay. That's a British company that does Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that was a really cool one. Um, oh yeah. They had this, um, I don't know if you've seen this Blake, but. The first shot of the Visions trailer has this guy come out, and he has these, oh. like, weird socks on his ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like, he looks like, he looks like Darth Malik crossed with Goofy. Yeah, he totally does, <laughs> yeah. 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 But it, it, I think it looks cool. Uh, we should talk a moment about these, these three movies yeah, coming out. Yeah, I was out. just going to say that, because... Yeah, so... What are you most looking forward to this? Because, like, out of the whole okay, timeline. So, so yeah, what are the three here? Yeah. Uh, so we got uh, we got three different eras in which popped up on the, the timeline, first and foremost. One of the eras isn't getting any movie at all. It's just there now. And then we're getting an, a movie in an era that we already have uh, and, and two movies in two brand new eras. So uh, the, the three new eras to the canon timeline are now Dawn of the Jedi, the Old Republic, and um, New Jedi Order. Those are the three new things that they reveal on a picture. I don't know if the Old Republic is there just for context. Maybe they're just Could be. slotting it in there so that we know that Dawn of the Jedi is before that. Uh, Most but importantly, that means that timeline is canon. Uh, the icon for Dawn of the Jedi is using the same icon that they used in the last Jedi on the floor of that first Jedi temple. I have a feeling what it, the James Mangold is doing that movie and it's about the dawn of the Jedi, the, the origins of the force users, all that stuff. Uh, the first Jedi. So we're probably going to get the first Jedi as like an actual character is directed by James Mangold. We're probably going to see act two, um, again, you know, the building of that temple probably, um, don't really know what to expect from that movie, but you know, it sounds interesting. That's why I loved it. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited to see a Star Wars, like a movie that just has nothing to do with anything. Mm, agreed. Right. Right. Agreed. Like it's just going to be new ideas. It can be so out there too. Yeah. Like we've seen crazy force related stuff in Clone Wars and Rebels, you know, crazy things like the world between worlds, the Bendu. Like there's so many crazy things that they could do yeah, I wonder if in this make movie. It kind of primitive, like technology. Yeah. Or if it's gonna I mean, be- they've kind of talked about in the higher public a little bit that is the hyperspace lanes have not really been fully 
developed yet and that's not even that long ago yeah. from the first yeah i was surprised movies. by that because that's so, so different than what was in yeah, the, the old republic, yeah, republic games exactly so it makes it makes me wonder like will we get a movie where the whole movie takes place on this planet maybe maybe the first jedi is like they come from like the people that live there on that planet on that world or maybe they have to travel sublight in these crappy like starships everywhere and yep. they only have like a small section of space that they actually are aware of you so know i've always found the era where the republic is new and they're sending out explorers to yeah. these planets that haven't been contacted right and they're like joining the republic yeah 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 i think that's really cool yeah Maybe for sure i could see a film similar to that in that in that kind of line of thinking where it's like if you, from the locals perspective and it's like alien invasion with the republic coming in yeah yeah first contact what better ambassadors than the Jedi they to should, like send out? They should really yeah. just make the, make the movie signs, but <laughs> trying to get them to join the Republic. <laughs> the, uh, the other, so the, the old Republic is slotted in there. I find that kind of interesting because um, we see it wedged in between Dawn of the Jedi and the High Republic era, which High Republic is going to be the Acolyte. Uh, so we are getting some stuff in there. It's the only section of this time frame that doesn't have anything in it. And so... You know, I don't want to linger about it. Maybe it's just there for context, but like down the road, you know, who knows, right? Here's like hoping. maybe we'll, yeah, here's hoping we get something for the old republics. Yeah, exactly. I've had so many conversations with people like, why don't they just make an old republic movie? You know, hundreds of Jedi, hundreds of Sith. Could be badass. Yep, definitely. Uh, the other new film coming out in an existing era is the New Republic era. That's Dave Filoni's movie. It'll be, um, you know, directed by him. Uh, it's kind of teased to be sort of like a, uh, bit of a bit of a center point or like a like a hot spot for story where where all these Disney Plus shows are taking place. You know, I, I have a feeling maybe all these story threads they're gonna set it up kind of throughout the course of this show. It could be like the like the Avengers, if you will, of of the uh, New Republic era. You know, we'll have everyone from Din Djarin to Thrawn and Ahsoka all thrown in the mix. Like all I teaming up. Yeah, yeah, you know, something <laughs> like that. Like that could be that could be kind of interesting. And uh, in the Ahsoka trailer, you know, she's flat out kind of calls Thrawn the heir to the Empire. Maybe we're gonna get a movie literally called Heir to the Empire, and it'll just be like Dave's take on I'd that be totally story. Okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But I mean, they have to include Luke in this, right? I hope if so. It's yeah. To the books, he's yeah. getting a little old. Yeah, <laughs> he he is. And like, here's the thing, though, is like that that portrayal that they beautifully mastered in that book of Boba episode. Like it's, it's amazing. Like you can watch that and not be super distracted by the fact that it's not actually Mark Hamill there. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing. And then the re-speeching software, they don't really need Mark Hamill there, yeah. but they put him in a costume and have him there on set um, to, for his double to kind of absorb his performance and then duplicate it. Um, and that they talked about that in the, the gallery episode for, for book of Boba. And I thought that was a really smart way to do it because then you're actually getting the proper kind of authentic, what would Mark do? Yeah, you're getting his insight. So you're right. Like he, he you know, it would be a shame if like he passed away before this movie was made. Mm. Oh, I don't think I'm but really worried about that. I think, I think he'll, I think he'll laugh. I, I think like, yeah, while, the yeah. biggest thing I think is like they could still do it with him without Mark, right? Like kind of like how yeah. they can do Vader now with that James Earl Jones, like all that voice in Kenobi was re-speech, you know, and James Earl Jones has like signed off on a waiver for them to like use his voice forever, forever. 
which is nuts, right? Like, I mean, if Mark Hamill did the same thing with Luke Skywalker and well, his I'm young sure they, face. I'm sure they've all had to sign those. So this one's going to be a, a, a titan of a movie. It, it, this it is a is. lot on yeah. the shoulders of Dave Filoni. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. This is his first theatrical film. Yeah. Directorial. Yeah, yeah. But I think we're looking at a billion dollar movie, especially if it, if it you know, ties in these Disney Plus shows. People are going to go see that. Uh, the final film is in a new era that they're making post Rise of the First Order era, which is called New Jedi Order. Uh, they've even used the logo from the old uh, Jedi Order Legacy of the Force books or something. Which which ones are those? You know, with the Cade Skywalker story. Oh, yeah. Is that what it's from? That's yeah. the logo. Yeah, that's, that's the logo that's that was on the book. So I thought that was kind of a smart nod of the head. Mm. Uh, Daisy Ridley is returning as Rey. So that's super exciting. And um, it's directed by, I totally forget the name of her, but she did Miss Marvel. You know, this could be interesting. And we're looking at a whole new era kicking off with like a single movie. So, Did they announce the time gap between where we left off, The Rise of Skywalker, and the new Days of Ridley movie in the new era? Yeah, so they, they said the movie will be 15 years after episode oh, wow. nine. Yeah. All right, that's so, a pretty good decision, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I'm wondering, though... Because Daisy Ridley is not going to look that different. So they're going to give her prosthetics to look elder. Dave's movie will be like six or seven years away before being released. So, oh, wow. So whenever they start production on this movie, it we're, we could be looking at another like 10 years, you know, before they before they end up doing it. Maybe, right? You know, she'll age in that time. She'll visibly look older, right? She's a Hollywood actress. She's going to look... 20? <laughs> yes, I mean. Yeah. So, In 10 years, she'll look 30. Yeah. <laughs> I think she'll, they'll, be, they'll be fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I like that they're doing this because, like, they have to do something with this sequel trilogy. They can't just let it, like, sit here awkwardly. Like, yeah. They did the final yeah. goodbye. That was it. That's all she wrote. But on the final goodbye, Bryce? They did a final goodbye in Return of the Jedi, too. It's interesting to me that they're looking at that area as, like, a place of opportunity for story because... I know that evil never completely goes away in Star Wars. Like they've reiterated that so many times. You know, if, yeah, even if you start Palpatine and end part three, using Vaughn so, or something fresh. Yeah, and like she's, you know, she's rebuilding the order. She's making good on the promise that she made to Luke Skywalker. Right. So, you know, she's got these books to work off of, and it's. I will say it's gonna be kind of weird. We're gonna be bounced between two eras that the Jedi are just doing the exact same thing. Because Luke is yeah. trying to rebuild the Order from scratch, and then Daisy's going to be rebuilding the Order from scratch. And then Dawn of the Jedi is like the first Jedi starting up in Order the from order. scratch. So it's, so it's just like they're all the same movie. That's the idea. That that's the new formula. Yeah, it's the new formula. Because like, oh, people are catching on. And we always have like a grizzled soldier with a child, so we've got to come up with a new idea. So <laughs> four movies of the same plot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we just have three movies with the idea that we came up with. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is, with three people they all write down the same thing yeah brilliant <laughs> amazing idea a, um, a theory today that because they made a Yuzen Vong like species in the Thrawn books correct yeah it was, oh, they were like called the, the Grisks yeah yeah so some and, and they kind of have the same vibe they're this big kind of horde like alien species that everyone's kind of worried about and they're never really shown. Yeah, they're a, a, a warlike sentient species that lived in the unknown regions. So someone is saying that maybe this is going to be the threat that Ray has to face. So right. Would just straight up be using That's a long. great idea. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Um, 
I don't know really what happens to Gris. I, I haven't finished the Thrawn books, you know, to my regret that I haven't finished those yet. But uh, I've got so many things to so many things to read. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots yeah. of yeah. Those, I think all three have potential. Yeah, both yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I might be a little biased here, but I'm, I'm most looking forward to that new Jedi order, uh, for sure. or sorry, the new Republic, the new Republic, Dave yeah. Filoni movie. Wow. I mean, this is something I've wanted for years. Like this is something we've all wanted for years. We've all wanted Thrawn back in canon. We've all wanted Dave Filoni to direct a Star Wars movie. You know, we've all wanted Luke Skywalker to be, to be shown in his, in his goes. prime, right? Is it going to be? Like, this is going to go one of two ways because this is what all the fans have always wanted. So, so I think it'd be really good or really bad. This is yeah, what I'm, getting, I'm like, I'm both. Really yeah, I'm both worried up. and excited for it because this is the stakes the, are so high. This is what I was saying like years ago before Episode Seven came out. I was like, this is the best of both worlds because they got the cast of the prequels to do Force Ghost stuff with. They got Mark Hamill still in a you know, an age that he can act and all the, the three are alive and well, like, like this is going to be the best thing ever. And, and then we got what we got and it became so divisive. And I, I, I still feel like that, that cast was not utilized properly at all. You know, it's, it was mostly about the new characters coming in and taking over the story. And that's not what the fans really wanted to see. I mean, like there's a lot of fans out there that love the new characters and that's great. But like, you know, I think like this is why I'm so excited about the Dave Filoni movie, because like this is really what truly would have like this is what comes next. You know, like we've seen Return of the Jedi. This is what comes. This is the next step. This is the next story. Um, and I think that's why people love Mandalorian so much is it's so familiar. You get the stormtroopers that we're familiar with. You get the characters we're familiar with in the era that we're familiar with, with, you know, the but rebellion. That's yeah. now the, M the the new republic. And you get yeah. all those familiar things, but it's still fresh. Yeah. And most importantly, in my opinion, the stakes are low. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's also important to remember that Heir to the Empire set the tone for like the EU as a whole. Right. Because oh, yeah. like before that book came out, I don't think there was really anything. Not really. That, There's just the novelizations. And yeah. A crystal to mind's eye. Yeah, there was just like that was the first thing that that really came post episode six. And and that was. That was people's, that was Dave's episode seven, right? So like for him to come and do this movie gets me really amped because like that's, this is, this guy knows what he's doing, you know? Kyle Soller, uh, who plays Cyril on Andor, uh, did a social media video post while at Star Wars Celebration here. And, uh, we've talked extensively about Andor, of course, in the past and, um, Involving his cereal in the morning, yeah, that's right. and uh, that's right. I just thought this was super funny. That's my cereal. <laughs> that's my cereal made into like a Star Wars Cocoa Pop rice cake. <laughs> that's like Rice Krispie treat. I mean, I didn't even know that that was that was possible, but now that I do, I like. Um, oh man, I also never knew that this was going to become a thing. I remember being on set and just like having these, these like incredibly weird Star Wars Cocoa Pops and going like, I don't know if I can eat any more of these because I'm starting to feel really weird and jacked up and like over sugared. And then it became this kind of like awesome phenomenon that people have like loved, me included. Um, I think that's so awesome and like, Man, keep going with the treats. 
over your hands and obviously, man, keep going with the treats. Funny that he didn't expect that to be a thing when most of his scenes are just him eating cereal. Right. No. So for those of you at home who haven't seen this, uh, he's Kyle is watching a video of someone make Rice Krispie treats out of the cereal that he eats in the movie in the show. And uh, he's just kind of marveling over the fact that, like, how it became a global phenomenon that cereal ate this cereal. And, you know, he's just kind of like, you know, he's having a good time with that. I thought that was kind of funny. But. <laughs> Something's coming. Something dark. This is a new beginning. For some, war. For others, power. In a while, things have changed. I started hearing whispers about Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. We have to prepare for the worst. Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left. Perhaps it is time to begin again. Chopper, seeing Chopper and yeah. Hera and, it's you know. It's surreal, right? It's surreal, yeah. It's and, like, we saw Ezra on that great. little hologram. You know, it's like just wearing the the, the, the the costume that we last saw in season four of Star Wars Rebels. Like, that is so unbelievable that, like, we're getting this stuff now. Like, it's just, like, you know, it's, like, it's, it's scratching my head going, like, two, three years ago, like, prior to Ahsoka's live-action performance in Mandalorian. I was just, I like, never thought it would be a thing. You know, always just thought maybe we'll just get another animated series. Yeah, that's what we always thought. Yeah, or a book. We're hoping at best we get a book of tying up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and uh, you know, more recently in Mando, we had the live action Zeb uh, show up. You know, played by the the uh, the lovely Steve Bloom, who also did the mocap for him. He did the voice in Rebels. He returns as Zeb in the show. Yeah, that was cool. That it's was just, really I, cool. I had to do a double take. So I'm like, is that is that? It sounds like Zeb. Yeah. But is that just like an, another uh, Lasat? But right. it wasn't a look up afterwards. I thought that yeah. was one of the most successful um, it was. Like CG yep. characters. It looked good, they, right? It looked, really it looked good. amazing. Yeah. I, I think I think the new Ahsoka um, sees it, it looks really well cast. Yeah. Everyone looks like their characters and like yeah. 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 I'm pretty excited. Uh, but they had a panel for Ahsoka, of course. And um, this panel was not streamed. So you can't find this panel on the internet. Um and, uh, you know, we get our fellow Star Wars fans going in, taking videos and photos. So you can find that stuff. 
but you can find this information on other like websites where they had someone there. They they put down the bullet points and you know you get the the, the information out of it that um, that you would expect. Uh, but we got a glimpse at a live action Grand Admiral Thrawn played by Lars Mikkelsen, who was also at Star Wars Celebration there, and uh, he looks amazing. Like I just gotta say, like he looks so good as Thrawn. I was like, this is unbelievable, and like his voice and everything in in Rebels was like iconic, right? You know, just a perfect kind of low, kind of sinister kind of voice going on, like an evil Sherlock, and you know, here he is playing him in live action. It's super cool. I was um, really impressed that you were able to cast the same guy. Yeah, as the voice. Yeah, actor. yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he, that makes like the second person who's played an animated character and then gone to live action because most of them, they just recast. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. So, uh, unstreamed Ahsoka panel in a nutshell. Um, Rosario felt incredibly fortunate to have Ashley's remarkable performance. You know, she studied off the character, watched Clone Wars, all that stuff, super dedicated to that. Uh, they did change her montrails for the show. All right. So like, you know, her first, uh, her first appearance, uh, I know myself included, we were very, uh, very critical over like how short the montrails were right and how just like yeah it didn't make any sense yeah so now they're longer now they're better uh the material's been upgraded to a 3d printed skeleton with the synthetic flesh over top so it looks better as well um it doesn't look like a piece of foam you know for yeah so it's just like it's just gonna be better uh, they've also in, improved her makeup. Uh, the hours have gone down from from three. It used to be three hours uh, down to one point five or two. Um, and uh, she's been working extremely hard to get ambidextrous with the lightsabers, like one on each hand. So that was a bit of a challenge to do as well. Uh, da- David Tennant is confirmed to be uh, returning as his Clone Wars character, the droid uh, Hugh Wen- Hugh Yang. Uh, yeah, the one who helps all the younglings build their lightsaber crystals. Um, we'll also see the return of Morgana, who we saw in season two of, of, uh, Mandalorian when Ahsoka confronts her about, uh, where Thrawn is. So it's unclear whether or not the story picks up from there or if it happens before. Um, but they did say that we'll see more of her backstory. So maybe we'll do this back and forth thing. Who knows? That's going to be interesting as well. Uh, the new uh, characters Balin and Shin are also revealed with orange lightsabers in the trailer, and uh, they make an entrance. And uh, nothing else is revealed about them. They were very tight-lipped about all that stuff, so we don't know anything about them. Um, we do know though that they all had very intense lightsaber training for the show for the entire cast. Um, so that was that was pretty cool to to know as well. New version of the trailer was shown to people only in person at the panel. I mentioned the Thrawn thing. That was something they only showed to people there. Uh, They had a speeder chase on Lothal. Uh, They got a glimpse at live-action Purgles. And finally, Sabine was wielding Ezra's green lightsaber as well. Uh, And then finally, Dave Filoni paid tribute to Timothy Zahn in his book, Heir to the Empire, that introduced Thrawn when he thought Star Wars was done. Uh, they have spoken to and will continue speaking to Timothy Zahn about Thrawn's per- portrayal in live action. And then they brought Thrawn's, uh, Lars Mikkelsen out on stage. So uh, that's the Ahsoka panel in a nutshell. Um, so if I was there, that might have been the favorite panel. But, you know, watching on the Internet, <laughs> I think uh, I think the, the Clone Wars one was 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 a highlight for me. And of course, the, the, the opening the opening panel where they where they announced the new films. But 
What'd you guys think of Jedi Survivor right around the corner? You guys just watched the new trailer. Um, anything you're looking forward to about that? Just playing it. Yeah. <laughs> just playing it. Yeah, I, I thought I was kind of like, I, I hadn't, I haven't played adventure or like kind of games like that in so long. And playing the first Jedi Survivor game is such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It was actually so like, fun. got sucked in like so fast and it brought me back to playing Star Wars games as a kid and just being like, did you start binging the old ones too? Jedi Academy and stuff? I think I actually had played that before, but but yeah, no, it might be worth going back and revisiting. Yeah. But it just maybe yeah, it's been ages since I've been able to get behind like a good story based game and like mm-hmm. care about the characters, you know, and want more. So yeah. I'm really excited. I like all the characters in it. There was another person who showed up at Celebration was Cameron Monaghan and uh, the director of Jedi Survivor. They they had some interesting things to say about the game as well. Uh, they're putting a lot of effort into crafting your own lightsaber, so you can craft your own hilt. Uh, lots of cosmetics. If you don't like his beard, you can swap it out. <laughs> okay, there we go. Best <laughs> yep. That's good. Yeah. Before the show, we were talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 6, Chapter 21. Bo-Katan, Din Djarin, and Grogu are set out, set out for the idyllic planet, uh, pla- pla- Plazier 15, where uh, Bo-Katan's former army, now led by Axe Wolves, have set themselves up as mercenaries. Before they meet them, they're involuntarily diverted by the planet's rulers, Captain <laughs> Bombardier and Duchess, uh, and, and the Duchess, sorry who ask for their help in neutralizing several repurposed but malfunctioning Imperial and Separatist droids. After stopping a rogue B2 battle droid, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin follow its trail to the Resistor, which is a droid bar in the city somewhere. Uh, they convince its bartender and clientele to help them out. They find out that droids were sabotaged with nanodroids in the bar's maintenance fluid, which were covertly imported by Commissioner Hellgate, head of the Planetary Security Office. Confronted, Hellgate reveals himself as a separatist before Bo-Katan knocks him out. Oh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, the, the Duchess sentences a remorseful uh, Hellgate to live in exile on the moon of Paraquat. Uh, granted an audience with the Mandalorian privateers, Bo-Katan challenges Woves for a leadership and defeats him. To help her ascendance, Din Djarin admits his capture by the cyborg in the minds of Mandalore and his rescue by Bo-Katan, which rightfully bestows the Darksaber back to her in front of her people. And it uh, looks like she's got the club back in action. So uh, that was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And um, it's an interesting episode. It was an interesting episode. It was a weird episode. It was a weird episode. I'm going to challenge myself to say a good thing <laughs> every time I say a bad thing. Off the bat, though. Okay, off the bat... The design of this world, pretty cool. It looked like uh, the part, the Disneyland, right? Yeah, Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. That's yeah, what, yeah, it, it totally like. did. I yeah. Immediately thought like they just used the Tomorrowland. Epcot. Epcot. Exactly. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I, yeah. You know, I I, t- I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, it had the Tomorrowland vibes for sure. Uh, I. What do you guys think of the acting? The 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 casting of we had a few few guest actors in this. Um, big names. Big names. I mean, uh, Christopher Lloyd, for one. Mm-hmm. From Legend. Back to, from Back to the Future. Back to the Future, that's right. Um, we had Jack Black. <laughs> and uh, I'm forgetting... Lizzo. Lizzo. That's yeah. right. Lizzo. Singer, songwriter. Who's Lizzo? 
That's what the, my thought was too. It was actually uh, it was actually Darian who had to fill me in. He's like an R and B slash like dance writer. Like um, which like, character? Like music. She plays the queen. Oh, like okay, Jack Black. Yeah. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, if you heard her song, she does one famous song. What the heck is it? I should know it. It's like that. In a, it's called In a Minute. Yeah. Anyways, you look it up. You'll you'll, you'll, it you'll up. remember yeah. In a Minute. Oh yeah. And I, I'm sure everyone everyone listening probably knows who Lizzo is. <laughs> but um, at the, the at the speakers. I, I know Lizzo. Lizzo's. I think she's pretty like a pretty genuine person from the uh, media that I've seen with her. Yeah, great. Um, that at least from that's. I felt like that's what she came across in the episode here. Yeah, yeah. I can tell that. I think she actually does. In a minute, Josh. The song is called About Damn Time. Yeah, there we go. That's the one. It's about damn time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we got the idea. It's a huge (laughs) song on TikTok. Okay. Massive, yeah. Um, Jack Black, I'm glad he didn't go full Jack Black. Yeah, Because it would have been horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You You didn't want some school of hard rock in there? I'm I'm glad he didn't make any weird noises. Good old Jack Black. The plot of this was definitely on the weaker side. I gotta say, it wasn't superb. Um, there was a bit of a detective mystery element to it, but it was kind of a lame outcome. Yeah, what I, for me, it was the finale was the weakest point. It was like it, it's just it was just a little underwhelming. It felt very like D and D. It's like all right yeah. to to get to your party of people, you got to do this for us first. Boom, it's a success. You know, snap of the finger, they've already done it. I think we mentioned then, it a couple of times. Is when they make the issue in the episode when there's an issue and they solve it in the same mm. episode. Yeah, there is no arc. There is no anything. It right, just feels. I got Alice in Wonderland vibes from this episode. Yeah, it felt very like disconnected and, mm-hmm. and weird, and I think it might have been just because of how disconnected the people of that city were. Yeah, from the rest of the galaxy. Even know? though yeah. we, we saw Star Wars droids everywhere. Yeah. So that that part was that cool. Was, yeah, to me that was probably the best part. So yeah, the B twos and the Bat B ones. Yeah, Matthew Wood returning to do the voice of the B one. So that was nice. that was cool. So, yeah. and I think it's because Star Wars is supposed to be a very like gritty movie. Yeah, you know, it's like a low, low tech. Yeah, you know, thing. But this, this felt very. Everything was super high tech, super clean. Yeah, it felt out of place. Yeah, yep, for sure. Um, it was funny is they try to take a political stance with that, or it's like the, droid, the technology we got so high that nobody had to work. Yeah, yeah the droids are all. Situation. Yeah, yeah, the droids are all so. Everybody's fat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so yeah so the tea party right so the royal tea party. Yeah. Mad Hatter style tea party, very colorful, lots of food everywhere. Um, the Alice in Wonderland vibes, right? And then later you see them playing this like golf game, this uh, little, uh, what do you call it? Like bocce? Like, yeah. Okay. It's like space bocce. But, the, yeah. the, but it was like... Sandipedes. Yeah. Yeah. So like in Alice in Wonderland, the, the, the queen of hearts is like she golfs with flamingos and the balls are like those little creatures that roll up. I'm pretty sure like, like a little golf. possum or something. It was basically the same thing. It was like, yeah, it was like the balls were like these little creatures, croquet. weren't they? It's croquet. Weren't they? Pe- they were little creatures, right? Yeah, I think you're right. They're little squirrel things or something, right? Yeah, I'm not misremembering that, right? No, they I actually. No, I think the creatures because then she cheats and they go through the hoop. 
Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, no, it totally Alice in Wonderland vibes from this whole thing. Yeah, I didn't even um, realize that, but you're right. There's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, parallels. yeah. Um, we had, we did have, uh, we did have something pretty cool. I did like the whole resistor, like the, the droid bar. Like that was that pretty was sweet. Cool. That idea, like droid, uh, droids as a, as a people. Cause like it, it's, it's really not common to see a droid, not like, like serving nobody. Right. Like it's like IG 11 or IG 88, those assassin droids, they, they work for themselves and that concept is kind of rare. Like most droids that we see in Star Wars are either like serving somebody they're or like they're, they're a slave race. owned by somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, so George created them. Yeah, right. So like the Astromechs all have like their pilot or protocols always have their their people. This right. This episode changed like like fifty years of <laughs> of lore. lore. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. True. In, in, in a single night. Yeah, yeah. So, so like I liked the bar. It's gonna take me a while to come around. <laughs> I was like not thrilled. I'm sensing some poodoos over there. Oh, yeah. uh, I like I like the uh, the the idea that they kind of think of themselves as a civilization because they're the ones running that town, right? Like the people just kind of let them be. And they're very glad that they show up because they show up and they're like, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to help you because we want to keep our freedom. You know, if, we, if some problem's going to happen, they're going to shut us all down. Well, let me, let me approach it from this angle for you, Bryce. So my understanding of how George set it up is if you don't wipe the memory of the droid, they slowly become sentient. That's why they wipe the mind mm. of droids consistently. So that we stay obedient and are just uh, like a serving tool, essentially. But as we see with uh, R2, who doesn't have his mind wiped, he becomes a very self-sufficient and uh, sentient. Basically, he basically becomes a being. So if all of these droids never have their minds wiped because they're running the whole town, they could theoretically all reach a point where they create a community. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about the mind wipe kind of thing. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, and I'm not, Yeah, I guess I don't really know if that's how mind wiping is intended to work. That's my understanding. Are you referring to three PO? Because three PO is an example of it, but I always thought they wiped him just to preserve the secrets. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's what I always thought. But but maybe no because. They, I know there's situations where they talk about wiping the mind of a droid because they're becoming too... Like basically, as they become more sentient, they get a little more um, quirky. Mm. And when they start acting out weird, they're like, oh, time for like a mind wipe. Oh, like a reset or something. Exactly. Hmm. So, so, yeah, I guess, I guess from my pr- perspective, it was like droids are... Um, I, I think the restraining bolt is a big part of like yeah, for all sure. of this. And I think that's what has kind of changed. Yeah, I think I think before it's it would, like it's kind of like a droid is like a benevolent servant of the people that create them, and if they don't have a restraining bolt on, it means they can just like leave. You know, like they they have some amount of like ability to to go somewhere else or because mm-hmm. they have a little bit of free will, but not yeah. to act against. Um, 
creators, right? Right, right. But the restraining bolt kind of like prevents them from doing that. And now it seems like the restraining bolt is a is a is used to prevent them from having free will. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I think, I don't know, maybe it's like, uh, it affects their programming or something, right? Yeah. Like it, 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 it's. Cause before a sentient droid was a very rare occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now it, it seems like droid sentience is a big, you know, especially with solo, you know, the droid rights and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, to be honest in the clone wars, it was quite consistent quite, as quite, well. Yeah. So it okay. might be a Dave Filoni thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was interesting to see that, but you're right. It, it's it's this episode was taking sidesteps almost at every so, yeah, every I mean, level. It, and it's not a huge deal, right? Like it's just it's just different, and yeah. it's just gonna take time for like old old farts to to come around. Here, here's another thing. <laughs> what did you think of the B two running? The B2 battle droid when it was oh, sprinting. It. Oh, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it because I felt like it had the weight. It reminded me of the exact feeling I got after watching Attack of the Clones and being like, man, these things these things are so intimidating and cool. And then playing Star Wars Battlefront 2, <laughs> and I'm just like barrel rolling around and like doing these weird movements that didn't make sense after I watched Attack of the Clones. And and I feel like they took it in that direction for me. Right. And I feel like they should be these big lumbering behemoths. So I had to manufacture a theory to try and fix this in my right. head because I had a big problem with this all too. Right, all, right. all right, so this is my thing. This whole like army of droids that they have kind of like working their world, right? Like they've got to be good. They got to be good at what they do. They've hired the best in the galaxy. They've hired the Ugnaughts, right? Like they're, they're, you know, they're so wrapped up in their trade that they, you know, they get insulted if like something goes wrong and if someone points it out because like, you know, and they actually said that in the episode, they're like, yeah, you can't say that this was like broken or glitchy because like, you know, they get upset about that kind of thing. So um, my theory was like these B2s have been rusting out somewhere, deactivated for so long. And when this world decided to like build their new economy on, on droids, you know, they started doing, going to hitting the pick apart and uh, just taking what they could find, right? So they got a bits and pieces of like all sorts of droids going on. And my, my theory was like the Ugnaughts would have taken those droids and not only fixed them, but probably upgraded them too. Because these guys don't, like they're designed for one purpose, march and destroy. Like that is like what they're built for, right? Now they've got to do heavy lifting. Now they've got to build houses. Now they've got to like yeah, now, do whatever, right? Now. Like they've got a pilot, they've got to run errands, you know, like everything, everything that people do, they have a droid for it. So I just thought to myself, it makes sense to replace the parts that were those spindly little legs with these, like you said, Blake, like these hulking, big, awkwardly top heavy looking things, right? Like it, it's not very practical, but like, you know, they're designed just to walk forward and just overwhelm, right? And like, like someone on Twitter is so funny because I saw a tweet and they're like, bro, if all of these droids ran like this in Clone Wars, yeah. the clones would have been destroyed. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, it's so true. So that they've got to be upgraded, you old, know? Old Blimbo the Ugnaught went and he plugged this super battle droid into his computer and he downloaded like an <laughs> Olympic athlete yeah. into him. Just like Matrix, yeah. the Matrix style. And, yeah. And so now this droid is just like a super, super, yeah, yeah, super yeah. battle it, it's so funny. It's so funny because like, you know, we've seen droids move like that, like like the, the BX commando, yeah, the commando droids, droids, 
you know, or the uh, the IG units are absolutely nuts. Like, the, you know, they're super athletic. So it's not like a droid can't do those things. It's just we've never seen the B2s do those things. So I think to me it was trying to overcome that, like, initial those aren't supposed to do that and more just acceptance of, like, this is probably why they do that. Um, so that's, you can just take that and run with it. However, whatever makes you sleep at night. You there for the exposition. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever makes <laughs> you sleep at night. I mean, like, you know, that's, it's good. Right. Josh but it was weird. It was weird seeing that for the first time. It was a bit strange. And I felt like that scene too was a bit of a homage to iRobot. Hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I got to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen it though. It's a good movie. Like about this? What did you like about this? Boy, did I like that Shakespearean uh, romance at the start <laughs> with the Mon Calamari and the Corin. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we yeah, had a Corin show. In my my heartstrings. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. No. I, I I gotta say I I. Um, you know, I wasn't a fan of the whole I'm being very sarcastic. thing going on there, but <laughs> it <was> like, so <laughs> bad. I, I did like seeing the ship though. Like that was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, like I, I liked the captain's chair being like a giant fish tank. Yeah. Okay, that was cool. That was she cool. Gets, like, yeah. A snack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like gets a snack. In I mean, to like a basic human like myself, it looks a little demeaning to like give your captain a little goldfish snack. <laughs> I'm not sure you'd get the respect for me, but right. maybe as a Corin, it's a very uh, privileged thing. Privileged treat. I guess. I guess captain's chair. You know, you get a servant coming up with a silver platter <laughs> or something. True. But like, I don't know. I haven't seen enough Star Trek to really like get that reference. So. Because, like, you don't really get the same captain's chair ordeal in Star Wars, right? So this was a bit different to begin with. There's so much different in this episode, man. Yep. Um, okay, we had a really cool fight scene at the end of the episode. Bo-Katan versus, uh, what's his name? Wolf something or another. Uh, Wove? It's Axe. Axe Wove. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a competition for... You know, it's just like... Where, what, what are we gonna do with these people that you know they want to follow him, they want to follow her? Like, well, like, what are we gonna do about this, right? So they fight it out, and not only does she beat him, but Din Djarin actually comes out and finally reveals, uh, you know, our our good friend Ben Demian's gonna, you know, he's he's very happy that he was right about this theory. Um, it actually is hers. Like the dark saber is hers because she saved Din Djarin on on Mandalorian. We we were speculating about. You know, weeks ago, trying to figure out why didn't she just take the saber then? And my whole thing was like, she probably just doesn't care anymore. And I don't think she really. I think this episode, the fact that they've waited this long, it probably that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that she didn't care until you know until really this moment where it matters the most, right? Bit of a lackluster um, reveal, I thought though. I was totally wrong about the King Arthur ordeal because you know how it transfers to people. I you know I I definitely didn't guess the fact that oh it actually is hers but you know Din Djarin like actually does you know comes out and says like no this belongs to her like she saved me it's rightfully hers I'm just kind of wondering why he didn't do that sooner I guess it makes good story material this was definitely like a plot thing they had to do in order to like what other way could they have got the dark saber in in her hands yeah right so they had to kind of wait I feel like they should have did it sooner though because it it felt like yeah like 
Yeah, I guess it wouldn't Probably have made a difference if she showed up with, with it, it already. Then they could have avoided the fight. I they think feel it'd be like less they needed a fight. They're like, we can't have her retain control if she doesn't fight someone. That's the thing. You know what? If they had a conversation on the train about it before they <laughs> got there, and he just gave her the saber before the fight, she shows up with that thing. Yeah, they would have. It's over. But maybe she would have said no. Maybe she would have been. In, she's not on the spot, right? She would have been, right. That would have been, been better. Though. It. I wish they would. I think it would be better if they had the conversation. Because to me, it was. It felt like we got to the point where, like, oh, she doesn't even have it, and he's like, yeah, no, 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 she, we do all like, yeah, she, she beat me. Here, just take it. Yeah. Because like everyone just takes their word for it. Yeah, they take their word for it, and I think it's kind of funny that like they just they just do that because you know I feel like there would be some kind of like well he offered to it you before what, and yeah, now why you're, did you take it before yeah why don't you take it before you're only saying that it's yours now because you need us yeah right so like to me I was like the I don't know like but then again we haven't seen the next episode maybe there's gonna be some pushback who knows uh, but you know it's just like. That to me was kind of kind of a quirky scenario, I guess. That you know, but again, it's supposedly it's it's uh, the movie magic was the term, you know, when things just don't make sense for the purpose of making more good stories later. Do you guys think there's an alternate timeline where that weird guy, the weird grievous guy, becomes the leader of Mandalore because he captured Din Djarin and was the the rightful owner of the dark saber <laughs> which guy the general grievous guy was like the, he, he was the leader of mandalore for a solid like 20 minutes <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he totally was if only they knew if only, <laughs> only shrimp sh- guys another yeah. lightsaber for my collection <laughs> <laughs> i think he was more concerned on uh, getting the blood out of him getting his uh, daily meal that he probably hasn't had for like three months in jar and smoothie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jar-a-jar. all right. Uh, but yeah, okay. I think um, we've we've definitely hit the point. I think where we can rate this some Pablos or Pudus. So Bryce, why don't you kick things off for us here? Three Pudus. Oh, Three Pudus. No yeah. way. No, this is my. This is the Poodoo. worst. Wow, really? I, I I appreciate that it was like fun. It, it was it was it was fun. I guess like that's all I can really say about did it. you like it more or less than the Bad Batch episode called Papu I did like it more than that because that was a three pooter for me that was also a three pooter for which me which one was that but like so not, are we, not by much maybe is this still a three pooter then or are we maybe like 2.5 I, I, really, I really didn't like this one, wow guys. really okay alright sorry yeah I think I think the cameos were kind of like not well thought out oh I got one more cameo one more cameo the micro droids those showed up in Clone Wars for the first time ever when Ahsoka's whole bombing scenario happened. Right, the, nanobots. the nanobots, yeah, those those were an interesting thing to bring back into Star Wars again. I thought that was kind of cool as well, but again, it was just among the other kind of little tidbits from Clone Wars, which were endless in this episode. But. I just feel like they really shoehorned a, a like a some sort of mystery into Star Wars that didn't really make sense. Like when they pull out the droid in the in the in the morgue, like why? Are they that with droids. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like garbage pile. Yeah. That's so, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, three pooties. All right. What about you, Blake? I think I'll go with one poodoo. I don't want to go that heavy. One poodoo. Wow. So. 
Okay, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not as heavy as you guys. I think I'm right in the middle. I'm a Bendu. Um, only because there was a lot of Easter eggs in this that I appreciated a lot. Um, and Dude, that's uh, the saving grace for me was was that. I don't think I. I'm trying to remember if I've given a single Mandalorian episode of Bendu yet, and I don't think I have. So I think this is my first Bendu. But uh, but here, here's another thing I kind of like the the concept of was like a super loyal separatist still in the age of the empire and the, the new republic something i did like yeah i liked that I a liked lot the idea of I it, don't but think the execution was terrible yeah, exactly. yeah the execution was bad this but this old senile so guy stupid in what world would it possibly work yeah like, <laughs> it's so you're gonna wait 50 years for this scheme yeah like what yeah. are you doing no i thought that was i i think maybe it's just because because this world is pretty new right like like the city this development is all very new so i think he kind of saw his chance he worked his way up you know he got to a point of leadership and then he's like oh, i'm gonna execute the plan of a lifetime because dooku was like the best yes. <laughs> like, i love the idea of holdout separatists i really do yeah i feel like yeah. they need to delve into into that people actually supported this movement yeah right? it wasn't just like totally crazy, totally tyrannical dictators yeah right it was people didn't like the republic and the republic was um, wasn't being fair. To yeah, because they've gone the opposite direction with people on separatist planets who weren't fond of the separatists. We yeah. saw that in Bad Batch. But you're right. Like we haven't seen a whole lot of I support this movement uh, other than like Lux Bonteri and his mom. Yeah, there wasn't any. And then in the end, he ends up reverting on that decision because because his mom was killed by, by Dooku. So, you know, it was just like one of those things. It's like, okay, well, is there any loyal separatist people out there? Like, and this guy... Banking clans yeah. techno-unions. In the Obi-Wan and Anakin book that came out maybe last year, where they go to Cato Nemodia. Yeah. Nemodia. Right. And uh, oh, yeah, you, get a, you get a bit of the Nemodian's perspective on, like, why they're... Oh, true, true. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. So in the books, I feel like we get a little bit... It's so interesting to get yeah. that. It is. So I did like that. I did like, yeah, I liked it a lot. But yeah, you're right. The execution of this like evil scheme to. to <laughs> and then he just like immediately apologizes to the queen wants forgiveness. And she's like, just maybe in a few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what? So what I just happened. I, <laughs> so I'd yeah, like, yeah. I'd, I'd get this up to like maybe one poodoo if he actually pressed the button. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. That would have been interesting. The yeah. Droid war, and they have to stop. That's pretty cool. That would have been a lot more. Yeah. Interesting. And then just like credits for the next episode. Yeah. Right. But then we get a whole other episode on this planet, so I don't know how much you want that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah. I, um, okay. Another thing. Uh, another thing I forgot to mention was the the knighting of Grogu. I don't think we're where, supposed to. Where did that come from? I don't think we're supposed to look at this very seriously, other than just like some. Again, quirky tea party st level stuff, right? Like, like this isn't supposed to mean very much. Um, I didn't really care much for it, to be honest. But like, <laughs> it was just one of those things, right? Come and gone. Okay, it happened. Whatever, you know. Like, we're not supposed to call him Knight Sir Grogu or anything like that. Grogu's <laughs> like, got like a yeah. crazy resume for a, for a baby. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like Jedi, Mandalorian, like knighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like top tier of like the the kid battle arena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I gotta give this a bendu because I'm just uh, I wasn't fond of the episode. There were some things I liked. There were some things I had to get over. Uh, I'm still kind of recovering. Uh, I'm just ready for the next episode. 
um, they, there's a, supposed to be, they did, they did give a little hint at, at celebration. They said there's a lot packed into these final two episodes. Cool. So, you know, I just think two. we're, oh, that's yeah, just, just two left. Yeah. That's, that's it. And then, uh, then we're done. So, um, Oh, I want to say the other thing that made it really hard for this episode was the bad batch episode was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then you watch this and you're like, what is happening? It's, it's been surprising <laughs> that I that Bad Batch has been pretty good. The last two, the last two were awesome. good. The yeah. last two were good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Bad Batch, th- it'll, third and final season. That, that'll that be it. Mm. That'll so be no, it for that's, Bad that's, that's good. One that's fine. Yeah. I thought it was the two seasons. Yeah. No, it's going to be, uh, I mean, left on the cliffhanger and, and we're going to get one more. So. Wait, was that the last episode? That was the last episode for oh, season I didn't two. even know that. Yeah. Yeah, 16 in a season. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, the next one's going to be really good. Yeah, no. <laughs> next one will be good, but it'll be in a year or, or, or a year and a half. Um, but yeah, thank you both for uh, coming on. Of course, as usual, Star Wars Escape Pod, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll catch you in the next one. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, and uh, to those of you at home, if you hadn't caught any of the uh, Star Wars Celebration recaps, make sure you go back and find those. Don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel. You can find us on there with the uh, the tag, the handle, at Podcast. And if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, same handle, at Podcast. Shoot us an email, Podcast at gmail.com, all of which are in the description below. And make sure you join the Discord server, of course catch up on those uh, celebration channels and uh, get involved with the chat we've had we've had a few people pop in here and there and uh, shout out to our new discord booster as well we've got uh, we got one going on so uh, that being said though two two weeks left in mando and a lot more star wars content coming your way don't forget to tune in to the may 4th special episode we got going on more reveals <laughs> more merch <laughs> all right may the force be the guys we'll see you in the next one <laughs> <laughs>